0: They haven't found them yet, Uh, but there's still hope, still hope. They may be running out of air, running low on supplies, running low on hope. Yeah, it's not looking good. But hoping and praying they find this mini, apparently cheaply made, submarine. Yikes. The search has been ongoing. Uh, Area the size of Connecticut, actually twice the size of Connecticut, above water, underwater, on the ocean floor, They are looking, but they have not found this submersible. Uh, Let's hear from the Coast Guard earlier today.
1: Yesterday, a Canadian P3 detected underwater noises in the search area. As a result, ROV operations were relocated in an attempt to explore the origin of the noises. Although the ROV searches have yielded negative results, they continue. The surface search is now approximately two times the size of Connecticut, and the subsurface search is up to two and a half miles deep Exponentially expanding the size of the search area.
0: All right, I like these guys, professionals. The Coast Guard, we're working with our friends in Canada. Uh, International help is coming in from all over, but there's only so much you can do. What about the banging? You heard about the banging? Uh, What is that all about? Were they clanging on the side of the submarine so somebody would hear? Maybe. So the ocean is a very complex place. Obviously, uh, human sounds, nature sounds, and it's very difficult to discern what the source of those noises are at times. The noises, again, very complex in the ocean. Uh, You have to be an acoustic analysis, and you have to have context. They're trying to put all the pieces together. Uh, The noises have been described as banging noises. Uh, But,
2: again, they have to put the whole picture together in context, and they have to eliminate uh, potential man-made sources other than the Titan.
0: Yeah, so it doesn't sound as good as it did when we first heard that piece of information, right? Could be anything underwater. Uh, These five individuals, let's go through it. Hamish Harding, a very successful businessman and explorer from the U.K. Paul-Henri Nargolet, 77 years old, from France, an experienced uh, explorer slash mariner. He's really a man of the sea. And these two individuals, father, son, team from Pakistan. He's one of the richest men in Pakistan, uh, Mr. Dawood. He's down there. And the founder of the company and the operator of the uh, vessel, Stockton Rush. He's 61 years old. Again, this is his company, this, uh, this submarine. It's essentially owned by him. What is he all about? Uh, Ivy League degree from Princeton, and he actually became a pilot, not just a pilot, but an airline pilot at the age of 19. All right. Uh, Impressive guy. And here he is talking about this invention, this little submersible uh, about six years ago.
3: Rush says his submersible is one of the safest forms of transportation in the world. You believe the Cyclops 2 is pretty much invulnerable. By the time we're done testing it, I believe it's pretty much invulnerable. And that's pretty much what they said about the Titanic. That's right. (laughs) And I will go on all the first dives, put my money where my mouth is.
0: That unsinkable stuff about the Titanic was fake news. Look, we are hoping and praying that this man, uh, Stockton Rush and all of his colleagues there and the customers are rescued and reunited with their families and And then, once they're safely dry, we got to yell at this guy a little bit. Sorry, but this uh, woke routine he's been pulling lately about who should be on the submarine, the kind of people he hires, listen to this during a lengthy um, Zoom call slash interview not too long ago.
3: One of the things you'll find, there are other sub-operators out there, but they they typically um, have... Uh, gentlemen who were ex-military submariners, and they—you'll see a whole bunch of 50-year-old white guys. Um, I wanted our team to be younger, to be inspirational, and I'm not going to inspire a 16-year-old to to go pursue marine technology.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is the silliest idea in the world, right? A 50-year-old white. What would, a, what would young people, why would they ever be interested in an accomplished 50-year-old white guy, right? Like, the only people young people would be intrigued by, Justin Bieber and uh, Taylor Swift. That's it. That's it. Hmm? Well, 50-something-year-old white guys have actually done a lot underwater, and I don't care what you look like, it's inspiring and it's impressive. In fact, the guy who discovered the Titanic wreck to begin with all the way back in the 1980s White guy. I hate saying white guy. That's a big thing these days. Victor Vizcavo, first person to dive to the deepest points of five oceans. James Cameron, the world-famous director. He directed Titanic. First solo descent to the deepest point of the ocean, the Pacific Ocean. He did that a few years ago. It was amazing. We've got Stig Severinson, deepest dive underwater with one breath. Uh, Okay, look, they could look like anybody, but they happen to be white individuals. Invented the modern-day regulator for people who scuba dive. You know what that thing is. Commander William Anderson, first vessel to cross North Pole underwater. Uh, This is is impressive stuff. Now, it doesn't matter what they look like, does it? Oh, and Joe Deturi, Dr. Deep Sea, this is actually fairly recently, uh, longest time lived underwater, 73 days. I'm surprised it's only 73 days. Anyway, it doesn't matter what people look like. All right, so Rush, Stockton, Stockton Rush, I hope you get uh, out of this thing. And uh, once you do, you got to renovate the next model of this submarine.
3: Let's take a look at Titan. So we're coming into the sub. This is the only toilet Available on a deep diving submersible best seat in the house. You can look out the viewport We put a privacy screen in turn up the music and uh, It's uh, very popular We have our uh, control screen here our sonar screen here and we can put any image We want in the back We've taken a completely new approach to the sub design and it's all run with this game controller and these touch screens So if you want to go forward you press forward if you want to go back you go back turn left turn right go down go up And it's Bluetooth, so I can hand it to anybody. And it's meant for a 16-year-old to throw it around, and super durable. We keep a couple of spares on board just in case.
0: Okay. Um, Wow. Are you impressed by this thing? Hey, did you catch that? The best seat, the seat with the window, is the toilet seat. They definitely have to overhaul this thing. Stockton Rush, I really, we are all hoping and praying you make it out of this thing. Please, dear God. All right. What else? Juneteenth, we are still getting the numbers. 100 sh- people shot, 12 killed at various Juneteenth celebrations uh, throughout the country. A day off in the summer, and uh, not many people understanding exactly why and what Juneteenth is all about. Um, well, the results have not been pretty. Take a look at this McDonald's in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. We see this kind of stuff every day, whether it's a 7-Eleven or a Wawa or McDonald's, no respect for much of anything. Our institutions, our way of life, our culture, look at this stuff. We are a society in free fall. Civil society is breaking up. (laughs) Pathetic. And here's another example of that. Riley Gaines, one of the greatest female swimmers in the world, until she met leah thomas oh boy she testified today before a senate committee yeah leah thomas <laughs> unbelievable what this individual has put women through it's a disgrace but we're meeting heroes like riley Gaines.
4: i thomas in the 200 free cell which ended up in a tie um, we went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second having only one trophy The NCAA handed it to Thomas and told me I had to go home empty handed. And when I asked why, which was a question they were not prepared to be asked, I actually appreciate their honesty because they said Thomas, it was crucial Thomas had it for picture purposes. I felt betrayed, I felt belittled, I felt reduced to a photo op. But my feelings didn't matter. In addition to being forced to give up our awards and our titles and our opportunities, the NCAA forced me and my female swimmers to swim to share a locker room with Thomas. A six foot four, 22 year old male equipped with and exposing male genitalia. Let me be clear about this. We were not forewarned we would be sharing a locker room. No one asked for our consent. This is not politics for me. This is a real-life issue, and I want to put it on record. I don't believe trans athletes should be banned from sports. That's the rhetoric that's being pushed from the opposition. I just want everyone to compete where it's fair and where it's safe, and I don't understand how that's, that's overly controversial. And if we do speak up, you're immediately labeled as some, as some name. They will call you everything under the sun, whether it's transphobic, homophobic, racist, white supremacist, domestic terrorist. They will throw them all at you in hopes to deter you. Feminism is not a fluid term. Um, the original... And the meaning of what it means to be a feminist is to uphold, respect, honor, embrace, and celebrate women on our own physical ceilings, our own uniqueness. That term has not changed. Um, And what this really is 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 a male mansplaining what it is to be a feminist, which I honestly think is pretty ironic.
5: Wow.
0: I love it when something good happens out of something bad. We've gotten to know Riley Gaines. This woman can be president of the United States someday. Absolutely heroic and Did you know that Leah Thomas actually is still equipped with male genitalia, apparently? Yeah, and it's making the women in the locker room very uncomfortable. And there Leah is taking the trophy. That's known as cheating. Anyway, we just heard from Riley Gaines, and she's told that story before. When she tells it on a university campus, say the University of San Francisco, watch what happens. I'm mean, good. You heard what she just said. That's what she's talking about. This is how she's treated. They had to bring in the SWAT team to rescue her. This is what we were talking about. Uh, civil society breaking up before our eyes. This is it. Back to the Senate hearing. Senator John Kennedy, a Republican of Louisiana. He was amazing taking on somebody from the so-called human rights campaign. Sounds like a great group. They're a bunch of crazy radicals. Uh, watch. Let's go back to the to the biology.
2: Male, female, boy, girl. Okay? Biologically, do males have an advantage over females biologically in sports? Again, I'm
4: not a physician and I, I can't speak to that. What's your real world experience? Um it depends. I mean, there are some people who are born male that I'm faster than if I were to sprint against them, and some that I'm not, some males but, so that are taller than some women and don't some that are shorter. that a
2: biological male has a physical advantage in sports over a biological female not as def- a definitive statement I really. I really think you hurt your credibility when you refuse to acknowledge
6: that biological males have an advantage over biological females. It kind of makes me
2: wonder about all your testimony.
0: He was great today. He said he heard better, more educated things about sex and gender on the dating game than he did today in the United States Senate. I think we, uh, we all have heard wiser uh, things on the dating game and, and other such venues. Leah Thomas, right? I mean, this is... This is an abomination, but this is even worse. Mainstream media pretending that this is a a beautiful, wholesome, healthy thing. Watch
5: there is so much to watch so she's going to first hit the pool this morning at 10 o'clock that's the 500 yard freestyle the prelims finals are tonight she's favored to win the 500 and the 200 yard freestyles she's also swimming in the 100 yard freestyle and she's got a shot there but in addition to watching for her winning those races hoda we're also watching for the potential she is within striking distance of the long-held collegiate records by missy franklin and katie ledecky so of course we're going to be watching to see if she uh, touches those records during this weekend too
0: If she touches those, if she touches those, why is she smiling? Why is she acting like this is normal? I don't know Hoda well, Hoda copy and Jenna, but they're not down with this. On some level, they are deeply, deeply disturbed. Hey, when we come back, John Durham showed up on Capitol Hill today. What a dud. What a dud report. What a dud prosecutor. I'll fill you in when we come back.
5: News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.
0: So remember the Russia hoax? You know, they lied about Trump. The accusation that they colluded with Russia to get him elected. All a lie. A lot of it cooked up by Hillary Clinton and her team in that ridiculous Steele dossier. So a lot of time and money and, quite frankly, two years of the Trump administration almost sabotaged on that nonsense. So they appointed this individual to find out what happened, who started it, who's responsible. Let's uh, have some accountability here, right? This was the wrong guy. Or maybe the right guy, because maybe they wanted it slow-walked. Maybe they really didn't want accountability. That's what it seems like to me. Look, I read this thing and... (laughs) He, in his own bureaucratic, sneaky way, protected those he wanted protected, which is the swamp, the FBI, justice, the Clintons, you name it. He was protecting them. That's how I feel. And I'm not the only one. First off, he testified today. um, Does this look like a guy who was uh, just being really forthright with the American people? I don't think so, but...
2: Our findings were sobering. I can tell you, having spent 40 years plus as a federal prosecutor, they were particularly sobering to me. A number of my colleagues who uh, spent decades in the FBI themselves, they were sobering.
0: Sobering. What does that actually mean? What, sobering? He kept saying sobering. Okay, sobering is, what is it? Uh, it's seri- making you feel serious or think about serious matters. All right, then what? What's next? This is about as forceful as he got.
2: Several of the relevant FISA applications issued in the Crossfire investigation omitted references to what was clearly relevant and highly exculpatory information that should have been disclosed to the FISA court. Multiple FBI personnel who signed or assisted in preparing renewal applications for that same FISA warrant acknowledged that they did not believe that the target, Mr. Page, was a threat to national security, much less a knowing agent of a foreign
0: power, which is what the law requires. They maliciously spied on a presidential campaign. Does this sound adequate? Look, the language of this report, I do believe, is purposely confusing and overwritten. For example, right from the report, does this, uh, can you make sense of this? Throughout the duration of Crossfire Hurricane, facts and circumstances that were inconsistent with the premise that Trump and or persons associated with the Trump campaign were involved in a collusive or conspiratorial relationship with the Russian government were ignored or simply assessed away. This kind of language watered down the impact of the entire thing. Uh, Watch how he responds to Republican lawmakers, their direct questions. I think it's very. Well, take a look.
2: You wrote in your report, quote, based on the evidence gathered in the multiple exhaustive and costly federal investigations of these matters, including the instant investigation, neither U.S. law enforcement nor the intelligence community appears to have possessed any actual evidence of collusion in their holdings at the commencement of the Crossfire investigation. To date, has any evidence of collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia ever been uncovered? I mean, there is, there is information, obviously, in the um, report that was prepared by Director Mueller uh, and whatnot, but as uh, to collusion or conspiracy, I'm not aware of any. He hedges,
0: he offers caveats, He's, he just doesn't say no, but he should. Next.
2: When the FBI opened Crossfire Hurricane, that's the issue at hand. It did not have any information that anyone in the Trump campaign had ever been in contact with Russian intelligence officials, isn't that right? As we wrote in in the the report, we talked to the director of the CIA, the deputy director of the CIA, the director of NSA, um, uh, and people within the uh, FBI. And there was no such information that they had in their holdings at the time they
0: opened Crossfire Hurricane. Huh? You you, you use a lot of words people start to tune out. He does not want to offer direct, powerful answers, and the people deserve them. And I think the evidence is there where he could provide them. Watch how he responds to Democrat questions. He's a bit more succinct.
2: Did it take four years to complete? Correct. Okay. And with all these resources and all these people you, you were sent to help you investigate the investigators, you only filed three criminal cases. You only brought two cases to trial, correct? Correct. And you lost all the cases you brought to trial, correct? Correct. In fact, two juries acquitted your defendants on all charges. And the one conviction that you obtained,
0: the defendant pleaded guilty to a single count that never went to trial, correct? Correct. See the difference? You know who was great? Matt Gates. As usual, my fill-in host right here on Greg Kelly Reports. Take it away, Congressman.
1: This whole thing was an op, Mr. Durham. This wasn't like a bumbling, fumbling FBI that like, couldn't get FISA straight. They ran an op. So who put Mifsud in play? You don't know, do you? I do not know that. I can't but, give you the For answer years, that. you had years to find out the answer to what Mr. Jordan said was the seminal question, and you don't have it. And it, it, just, it just begs the question whether or not you were really trying to find that out.
0: Wild. Cut right through it all. He sensed it. I sensed it, but he was there to call it out. So this Mr. Misfit guy, I don't want to go down every rabbit hole here, but he may have been the original source even before the Steele dossier. This is the guy who told Papadopoulos something and it got to the Australians. Then it got to the FBI. And 20 minutes later, they're investigating. So who is this guy and where is he? It was of interest, um, but somehow John Durham didn't really bother to find him or look very hard.
2: If your question is, "Do we try to locate an interview, Mr. Mifsud?" The answer is
1: yes. Why didn't you subpoena? We expended. Wait, why uh, didn't you subpoena him to a grand jury? I'm sorry. Why not? Why didn't you send him a grand jury subpoena? Mr. Mifsud? You'd have to find Mr.
2: Mifsud before you could serve a grand jury subpoena on him. You
1: guys were out in Italy. Was it you and Bill Barr looking for authentic pasta over there or Mifsud?
2: No, we, uh, we not. Um, we were looking for information that might help us locate Mifsud. But
1: you know who I think could probably locate him? The features of, uh, of Western intelligence and possibly our own government that put him in play. Like your report seems to be less a, an indictment of the FBI and more of an inoculation.
0: Very good, Congressman. Very good. And then uh, I think we see the arrogance and self-righteousness of uh, John Durham.
1: It's just hard to like pretend as though this was a sincere effort when you don't get to the fundamental thing that started the whole deal. I yield back. I was away from my
2: family for four years, so essentially doing this investigation. Is my view is a sincere
0: effort? Away from his family for four years makes it sound like he was in Afghanistan. No, you you didn't go to war, all right? You could commute, whatever. That's up to you. Uh, Four years it took him. Four years from the assignment to the report. I think he slow walked it. I think we could have used this information back in 2020, don't you? The investigation he was investigating, in, in a way, the Mueller investigation to some degree, two years. They got that thing done in two years The Mueller report, oh, by the way, in the hearings, (laughs) covered ad nauseum by every single network around the clock. Remember that stuff? And today, the Durham hearing, the big Durham hearing, who uh, covered it? Barely anybody. Barely anybody. Newsmax had it up. Fox for a little while. But mm, that's it. And that reminds me. Conservative media and drop the ball. Um, the Mueller-Durham report. Let's uh, put them up side by side. The New York Times being that, well, they were pushing the fake narrative of Russia collusion. They did so many articles about the Mueller investigation, over a thousand. When it came to Durham, they had no interest. <laughs> two articles, two articles. Now let's go to so-called conservative media, like the New York Post. They should have gone nuts. And sometimes they do. I love the New York Post, but they wrote five stories about Durham, five, after the report came out. Wall Street Journal, how many? Six. Six, and that's it. And that's the parent company actually owns Fox News. Fox News Sunday, when the Durham report came out, didn't even get around to talking about this thing. I understand you had to read it. It's a pain in the neck to read, and the language was ponderous, on purpose— But there is some good stuff in here, but they buried it and they camouflaged it on purpose. Now this Joe Biden isn't any better talking in private than he is in public. He said these uh, words to a fundraiser a few months back. We have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Talking about nuclear war, the likelihood because Russia went into Ukraine and we're closer to nuclear war. Uh, Even if that's true, even if you think it, you probably shouldn't say it. And he also said this in a fundraiser Uh, yesterday. We believe Joe Biden referred to President Xi of China as a dictator. Now, I can call him a dictator. He probably is a dictator. But when you're dealing with China and the state of the world, sometimes you can't actually talk like that. All right. Now, (laughs) you just can't. You shouldn't. What did China say about this statement?
5: The U.S. remarks are extremely absurd and irresponsible,
7: go totally against facts and seriously violate diplomatic protocol and severely infringe on China's political dignity. It is a blatant political provocation. China expresses strong dissatisfaction and opposition.
0: Wow. I mean, China, in a way, is right about this. This is they broke protocol. Biden should not be talking like this. You can talk tough on China, but you got to do it the right way like Trump did. I was in China making
6: a speech, President Xi, who is a strong man, I call him king. He said, but I am not king. I am president. I said, no, you're president for life, and therefore you're king. He said, huh, huh. He liked that. I call him king. I get along with him great, but I was really hitting him hard about how they've hurt our country.
0: And he did, you see. He maintains the respect, but hits him hard. Interesting how Joe only talks tough on China in private, but in public, he's Mr. Nice Guy, like he's trying to ingratiate himself with President Xi. Compare the two, Trump and Biden on China. Who's smarter? Who's better? Who's tougher?
6: I have many people from China that I do business with. They laugh at us. They they've feel we're fools. You know, they're getting away with absolute murder. China's a great nation and we should hope for the continued expansion. I don't want to lose 300 billion dollars a year to China when we can't afford to build schools for our children, when we can't afford to build highways, when we can't afford to build railways, when we can't afford to build bridges. I want money to be invested in jobs and in this country. I don't want to rebuild China. A rising China is a positive, positive development, not only for China, but for America and the world writ large. It was China's fault, and China is going to pay a big price. What they've done to this country. China's going to pay a big price what they've done to the world. This was China's fault. And just remember that.
5: 554,064 American dead from COVID-19. A lot of families want to know how this happened, how it got here. Have you had a chance to speak to any of your international partners, any of uh, President Xi, who I know you go way back with, Have you had a chance to ask him if these reports are true, that China maybe misled the world at the beginning?
3: No,
6: I I have not had that conversation with President Xi. Thank you.
0: It's almost like he's working for the president of China. And maybe he is. When we come back, nobody likes Mitt Romney, right? (laughs) They can't stand the guy. Uh, We're going to meet the guy who's running against him in Utah, this individual uh, in the Republican primary. We'll be right back.
6: Newsmax
2: shoots it straight.
4: No talking down to me.
5: Don't tell me how to think.
4: Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell me how to think. They let me decide.
8: Real
6: news for real people.
5: Hey, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily podcast, your 20 minute daily news update. I have to tell you how the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier is making my life Eden better. It uses proven Oxy technology that quickly destroys viruses, odors, and mold pretty much anywhere in your home and fast. It's only about the size of your hand, so you can plug it in anywhere. Behind a sofa, behind a bed quickly eliminates odors from trash cans, litter boxes, cigarette smoke, cigar smoke, or whatever, gone. I have one in the kitchen, another in the bedroom. The thunderstorm sends out O3 molecules which destroy odors, viruses, and mold with air so pure you can smell it. And we are loving our Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifiers. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm three pack and start enjoying your whole home again. Get three units for under 200 bucks. Put one anywhere you need clean, fresh air. And if you travel, take it with you for hotel rooms. Simply go to EdenPureDeals.com and put in discount code GREG to save $200. That's Eden, E-D-E-N, PureDeals.com, discount code GREG, and shipping is free. Well... That's Mitt Romney, of course, the rhino,
0: I I mean the Republican, senator from Utah. He's up for re-election next year, 2024, though it's not clear if he's running or not. It is clear that our next guest is running, and he's a Republican. He is the mayor of Riverton, Utah, a town of 45,000 people. He is Trent Staggs, and Trent joins us right now, Mayor Staggs. Welcome to Newsmax, sir. How are you?
7: I'm doing great. Hey, Greg, thanks so much for having
0: me on. You bet. Uh, All right. So you're running against Mitt Romney. Hey, first off, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind, and uh, what you'd like to do in the U.S. Senate.
7: Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. First of all, I'm actually from Utah. Um, I say that Massachusetts doesn't need a third senator. We need somebody else who understands this state. I've grown up here from elementary school to graduate school. I've attended Utah schools. I've operated businesses here. I've raised my family here. Uh, I took a company public last year listed on NASDAQ. And for the last 10 years, I've served my community of Riverton and have built great connections all throughout the state. And I have heard over and over again, we need, Utah deserves another senator that is going to represent our conservative values. And I've proven it time and again. in my time in office that I have consistently fought back against big government. I like to say that a mayor is on the front lines of fighting back on government overreach, whether that be federal, state, or county. And I've consistently done that and proven myself as a conservative, and people know exactly what they're gonna get. So uh, it's been exciting the last few weeks. We've got scores of mayors and county commissioners, uh, the Fraternal Order of, of Police that endorsed our campaign. And we just keep building this coalition and uh, we're going to we're going to keep going. We're going to take over the seat.
0: Any. Do you think Mitt Romney may not run? Is he definitely running? I mean, what's the word? People know there, right. The the political guys know. Is he running?
7: It's 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 a little bit undecided right now. He's filed his paperwork. We're assuming that he will. Um, and and he's been a little bit coy, as camp has, about whether or not uh, he's running. They haven't made, they say, a formal announcement. Uh, but we are the conservative in the race. Uh, we're ready to take this on. And. Uh, he's, he has the establishment behind him for sure. And he has a lot of the big money and donors backed up uh, here and and kind of boxing them out. And so we've been so appreciative as, as we've taken this campaign, more than just Utahns are wanting to see a conservative in office. So we have now uh, received donations from uh, people that live across 42 states, I think, as of last count. And it's just so much appreciated at TrentStags.com. So many people are jumping in and, and wanting to support a proven conservative, uh, somebody who is going to take those values to the Senate and push back. And I say that at TrentStags.com, you can see I am all about smaller government, safer families, and a stronger economy. Those are the things that I will champion every day in representing this great state.
0: All right, that sounds great. But look, in fairness, we have to hear from uh, Senator Romney now, and we have some comments of his all lined up. So uh, let's go ahead and see those, please.
8: There are various ways of doing that. One is we could raise taxes on people. That's not the way. That, Corporation. Corporations are people, my friend.
3: I went to a number of women's groups and said, can you help us find folks? And they brought us whole binders full of, uh, of women. Back in 1983, you took your Iris setter, Seamus on a 12 hour road trip tied to the roof of your uh, car. No. What were you thinking? Uh, this is a, a completely airtight uh, kettle and uh, mounted on the top of our car. He climbed up there regularly, enjoyed himself.
0: All right. Some oddball comments from over the years. But do me a favor. What is, in your opinion, wrong with Mitt Romney?
7: Well, I think he he's he often states things that aren't true or that he doesn't uh, he, he he never accomplishes. And that was one of the things we did in my launch video is that we said, look, five years ago, Mitt Romney moved to Utah and he wanted to run for Senate. And he said in a video that he would fight for a 30 second spot that he aired. I will fight every day to put us on a pathway to a balanced budget. I will end illegal immigration. I will stop federal overreach and spending, and I'll appoint conservative justices to the court. He hasn't done those things. In fact, I argue that he's done, he's actually fought against the implementation of those types of conservative policies. He's voted for omnibus, for trillions more in spending. Uh, He didn't support our great Senator Mike Lee when he authored a letter to Hmm. Biden in early May saying, look, we're not going to raise the debt ceiling unless we get substantial spending cuts and budget reform. 42 other Republicans put their name on that letter, even Mitch McConnell, and we couldn't get Senator Romney to put his name on that for somebody who claims that was a priority, I know. a balanced budget.
0: Yeah. And it goes on and on. So uh, very quickly, uh, we're out of time. Are you endorsing President Trump? Uh, I I haven't endorsed
7: any presidential candidate, um, I, I really I've supported Trump, and I really think that he we would be much better off today if President Trump were in office. Clearly, um, there is a great field out there. I love how this is playing out, uh, and so many candidates have said some great things, like Vivek. Um, I just I really like that. I want to see that play out, but have been very supportive of President Trump's policies for sure. He did so much with tax reform, with putting great justices yeah. on the court.
0: No, and, I understand. Uh, really, I understand. Really uh, uh, we appreciate you so much, Trent Staggs. Go to trentstaggs.com for more information. And uh, thank you, sir. Good luck.
7: Thank you very much. Appreciate you. You bet. We'll be right back.
1: This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers,
6: believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax. And we're
2: their heirs. And so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. Our findings were sobering. I can tell you, having spent 40 years plus as a federal prosecutor, they were particularly sobering to me. A number of my colleagues who uh, spent decades in the FBI themselves, they were sobering.
0: Very lame. I'm sorry. This was so unimpressive. The report was unimpressive. He was unimpressive. But maybe I'm wrong. Let's bring in the experts. Joe DiGenova, former United States attorney for Washington, D.C., Newsmax contributor, and Fred Flight, senior fellow at the America First Policy Institute. Welcome both. Joe, you heard what I thought. What do you
9: think? Well, uh, I I thought he did OK, today. I mean, uh, the bottom line is the report speaks for itself. Um, it, it outlines the travesty of FBI malfeasance and misfeasance, along with the Department of Justice and the former president of the United States, Barack Obama, and his vice president, allowing this to go forward with the knowledge that Hillary Clinton had set all of this in motion. Uh, I think the, the saddest part of this was the Democratic performance at this hearing, which was embarrassing to the House of Representatives. Uh, just just really is kind of the sleaziest partisan type of attacks on Durham, whatever you can say for durham he 's an honorable man. he may be a bit of an institutionalist and tried to protect those institutions a little too much. But the Democrats outdid themselves today with horrific conduct. Just an embarrassment to the institution.
0: Well, I mean, I'm sorry. You know, look, they spied on the on the Trump campaign and he's worried about the FBI's reputation. I, I Fred, what do you think?
8: Well, I think the the case was very damning that Durham put forward about how the government was weaponized to destroy the Trump can- campaign. Did a lot of damage to Trump during his presidency. Uh, but, you know, my issue here is that is if there was all this wrongdoing, why weren't more people indicted? Why weren't more people interviewed? Why wasn't Hillary Clinton indicted? And, and some of this stuff, Durham didn't consider wrongdoing, and I don't understand that. And I, I, I know that some of the Congress impressed him on that, but I'd love to hear from Joe on this. If this was so bad, why did we only have three indictments?
0: Hey, Joe, that's a great question. And uh, what do you say?
9: I say I agree with Fred. Uh, I would have indicted uh, James Comey. I would have indicted McCabe, Strzok, and all of those people. There were grounds for it. This is where Durham fell down. As I said, he's an institutionalist. Uh, He's just like Bill Barr. They're institutionalists. They care about the place. Well, the place didn't protect the American people, and this has been going on since 2016. We're in our seventh year of this. I was very disappointed that Durham did not bite the bullet and indict people like uh, Comey. And by the way, he didn't even interview Comey, McCabe, and Strzok. They refused to be interviewed. What he should have done was immunize them and force them to testify before the grand jury. And if they had lied, indicted them for that. By the way, if he had done that, every lie that they told would be a continuation of a conspiracy and would have stretched the statute of limitations out for another five years.
0: I want to show you a page from the uh, Durham report, and this is supposed to be hot stuff, but he wrote it in such a way, I think, to protect the place, as you put it, Joe. Put up the full screen if you don't mind. Uh, during the prior six weeks, the team had used CHSs, Confidential Human Sources, to conduct operations against Page, Papadopoulos, and a high-level Trump campaign official, although those operations had not resulted in the collection of any inculpatory information. Uh, Fred, I'm sorry, but inculpatory is not a word that anybody uses except bureaucrats when they're trying to obfuscate, in my opinion.
8: Well, I've criticized this report as as the perfect being the enemy of the good. Uh, it took far too long. This report should have come out in a much shorter form before the 2020 election. I've said that before. What good is it now? The damage was done to Mr. Trump. It played a role in him not being reelected because his reputation was damaged. So I'm with you on that. And I also wish he had said more about Hillary Clinton. Who are the unnamed Clinton aides who pushed the false narrative, who paid for the Steele dossier? Does he know who they are? Can Congress know who they are? Can they be put on a on, uh, before a congressional committee under oath. I'd like to know that.
0: Uh, Can I go to Hunter Biden for a second? I'm confused. They're saying the Justice Department is kind of hinting that the probe is ongoing into Hunter, but this may be a little trickery at work to protect Hunter. Joe, what's going on here?
9: Well, what they're trying to do by saying that th- th- there's no continuing investigation. that That's ridiculous. What they want to do is use that to not turn over information to Congress. They're just going to say, we can't turn over information to you, Mr. Comer or Mr. Jordan, because there's an ongoing investigation. That's ludicrous. Listen, it took five years to do a case that should have taken six months at the most they're lying again. The department is covering up for the Biden family. They're going to do everything they can to prevent any legitimate law enforcement investigation of the bribery and conspiracy charges against President Biden.
0: Wow. Although I just don't think they're going to get away with it somehow. Somehow. I don't think it's going to work for them. Joe DiGenova, Fred Flights, thank you both very, very much. To be continued, we'll be right back. But the House of Representatives censures Adam Schiff, representative of the 30th Congressional District of California. All right. Pipe down, everybody. They're censoring Adam Schiff. They voted. narrow majority made it happen. Censoring Adam Schiff for all those crazy lies he told for so many years. What does it mean, censoring? Uh, It's kind of like being written up by H.R., uh, now there will be an ethics investigation. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. So deserving, quite frankly, right? Ran around telling ghost stories, fake stories about Russia and Trump, and there's been no accountability. How
7: solid is the evidence that it was the Russians? It's very solid. It's, uh, indeed overwhelming. We do know this. The Russians offered help. The campaign accepted help. The Russians gave help, and the president made full use of that help.
1: He was working on
7: a deal that would require doing away with sanctions for him to make money in Russia.
1: That is a real problem.
0: All right. And it went on like this for such a long time. Whoever is running against him for the United States Senate in California, I can't endorse officially, but whoever it is, I am hoping and praying that you can beat this guy. Okay, (laughs) please, Adam Schiff. Oh, did you see initially? He's treating it like a badge of honor and the Democrats are hooting and hollering, yay, he got censured. What a strange time. What a strange man. Oh, by the way, did you know he he writes screenplays? He wanted to be a big shot in Hollywood. Oh, well, thanks. I'll be right back. Wouldn't it be great if we woke up tomorrow morning and with word that this submarine was rescued with these guys on it? I'm praying. Are you? It's, uh, there's still hope. You heard about the banging. I know might've been something else, but wow, that would just be the shot in the arm. I think we all need hoping and praying. And thank you for joining us. I'll be back tomorrow.